Welcome to Singing Teachers Talk, the podcast that brings you great interviews, insightful discussions and advice around the topic of singing and teaching singing. Now it's over to your host for today's episode. It's me, Alexa Terry. Hello, today I am joined by an artist, songwriter and vocal coach from across the pond in New Orleans. Her work has been featured across TV and film, including Pretty Little Liars, Batwoman and Netflix's Virgin River. And she is musically associated with Ingrid Michelson. She is the co-leader of an education platform for songwriters called Thinking Outside the Blocks. And it's my pleasure to introduce Ali Moss. Hi, Ali. Welcome to Singing Teachers Talk. How's it all going for you? Hello, thank you for having me. I love talking about creativity and songwriting, so this is a joy to be here. Um, I'm gonna kind of jump right in and ask you, if you don't mind sharing, what was your journey into songwriting and what was that first spark that ignited this for you? Um, so I grew up um, being very musical but not not writing or creating my own things, except for maybe silly songs as a child. Uh, I was really focused on athletics and my education as a junior high um, and high school, you know, very competitive athletics. I was in the junior Olympics for cross country. I was a competitive gymnast. And when I was about 16, I got injured. And so it was the first time in my life I had all this free time because I wasn't allowed to train. And my uncle had given me a guitar and showed me a few chords. And I, this is the 90s, so there wasn't like the internet where you could just go and look up how to tutorials on YouTube of how to play your favorite songs. I had a book. Um, and so I just found it easier to like write my own songs than try to learn other ones. I knew brown-eyed girl by van morrison and that was it and i really i think i got bitten by the bug of making something out of nothing of just like being that that creative spark was really and it was also very emotionally like cathartic for me it helped me like process what i was going through um, you know being stuck at home and feeling disappointed with that Mm. yeah what a beautiful thing to come out of something upsetting for you at the time yeah yeah it was very it was very um cathartic and you know i think that for many years after that i joined a band and i was surrounded by other creatives but um they were always better than me which is a common thing you might experience if you're a songwriter is like you know why do i need to learn how to play the guitar because like my brother plays so good (laughs) you know um so I didn't really, really start playing guitar and like dedicating myself to it to my early 20s. But, you know, and that was a shift as well. Like when I really learned some chords and some theory and had more to play with. Hmm. So when you were writing songs, when you first got that guitar, what was your kind of first exercise that you did? Or were you just playing around and seeing what worked and what didn't work? I remember putting my friend Stephanie's poetry to music. Um, She had this song. I don't remember the song. They weren't good. You know, I have to say that. (laughs) She had a poem. I mean, her poems were good, but my songs were not good. Um, It was called My Orange Moon. And I don't know why I remember that, but I set that to music. And it was just a lot of 
you know, writing about my feelings, which I still do. (laughs) Um, But, but play, I grew up in a, um, a Pentecostal church. So I think that I really attribute like harmony and also being free to sing in front of other, you know, and, and make up my own melodies um, as like a skill I kind of learned from that experience. Mm. And it, it kind of resounds with, with how children learn in uh, play songs. Yeah. I, I tend to be very um, type A, uh, perfectionist, critical, and which, you know, I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about more deeply about songwriting in my journey. But at that time, it really, I was less inhibited to just play and experiment. Mm. So I'm not a songwriter at all. I've never, I've never dabbled in it. Um, not because I, I don't want to. I've just always found myself writing in other um, avenues like um, article writing for, for Bast or nonfiction um, articles or fiction stories that I really love. So I'm interested to know how that transition for me um, and for others who are similar to me, uh, how that transition would work. Is there a similarity between writing for one avenue compared to songwriting? Or are they? is it very different, uh, obviously with the musical aspect, but how would that complement each other? It's a deep question you asked. I feel like with many layers, um, I definitely think that they overlap. If you're a story writer, um, if you're good at, you know, um, unfolding a story and and summarizing things well, that leads itself to writing, as well as if you're good at expressing yourself in poetic language, being vulnerable in your writing, all of those things overlap. The main difference, as you mentioned, is the musical aspect and the structure of the song. So there's so many different styles of music and styles of lyric writing. Um, So there really isn't one mold that you have to fit into. But if you're going to write like a pop song, for example, it's going to more likely be conversational language and it's more likely going to be repetitive in a way that your poetry might be more verbose or, you know, flowery and have many stanzas with less repetition. You could... I like to use the word zhuzh. <laughs> Take your poetry and like fit it into a song structure, but it's just not going to sound like a pop song if you sing it as is. Um, and I would, my, my number one suggestion is to reverse engineer your favorite songs. So to analyze the structure of a song you like and then either ghostwrite it, which is like, count the syllables and write something with that same amount of syllables each line um, and have the hook in the same place in that structure and practice it that way by reversing it and then building back up in your own words. I'm going to ask like a a chicken and egg sort of (laughs) question here. What comes first? Is it the lyric or is it the melody or does it really not matter? It, it really does not matter. Sometimes it's both at the same time. Some um, I 
don't write any two songs the same exact way. Although I will say that my strength is in melody writing and that coming up with concepts um, is the harder part for me. Once I know what I want to write about, then I have an easier time letting it flow. And if I was writing a song with you, for example, I feel like it's a little bit easier too because I have that like one step away. I'm a good listener and I can like hear what you're saying and repeat it back to you. But there's no wrong way to write a song. You don't have to have a specific way. You do it all the time. Um, but lyrics have a rhythm to them. So if you have um, written words already, then you can like sound them out and see what, what sort of melody might fit to it. And vice versa. If you have a melody, you can sort of gibberish till something comes out that feels like that sounds like a phrase I would sing. That feels good. It's a lot of experimenting and play and editing, I think. Mm. And, and talking about lyrics, um, and you mentioned before how you, you spoke a lot in your songs about your feelings and your experiences and your emotions. So how do you go about structuring the subject matter and being okay with being vulnerable in those words? Um, I guess you're at the, the helm of it really, so you can you can decide what goes in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how do you go about deciding the subject and how much you want to reveal and kind of choosing the right words? For me, I mean, there's the process that you were talking about just being vulnerable. And that's been a journey related to songwriting and separate. I feel like if I had trouble being vulnerable in my regular life with my friends and it kind of showed in my songs. And when I started um, practicing being vulnerable in life, it was easier for me to be vulnerable in my songs as well. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes collaborating can help someone become more vulnerable when you're alone. And songwriting is such a like, that's part of why I started thinking outside the blocks is because songwriting can feel like this little bubble and you're alone with your thoughts and your fears and just knowing you're not alone in that is so helpful so when I'm collaborating I have a few collaborators I work with often and then you know blind date co-writes I'll go on but I've just gotten better at saying my idea that I think is not good or is scary to say and I'll, I'll base it off the reaction from the other person because if they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I felt it, you know, that's so powerful or I understand that or I felt the same way. It gives you the courage to talk about it. My One of my best friends and my partner in, in TOTB, Bess Rogers, we have a little joke because when I was going through a divorce, she was just like there with her notepad. <laughs> And she, one time, like we joke a lot in, that laughter is part of our sessions. And she, she was just like, tell me more about your sadness is what she, said, what she said to me. And we still to this day will kind of joke with each other about that. But I feel like I have an easier time talking it, about it. And so if I'm just explaining it to someone and they're taking notes of like the bits that I've said that sort of feel like they could be a song... Um, it's easier for me than like putting it on the page mm. or like typing it into a blank Google Doc, you know? Mm. Um, 
I can just imagine that now with your with your friend being like, look, I know you're in a bad space, but this is going to make a number one hit, love. We yes. need to get it down. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I mean, not every song has to be um, for public consumption. Like sometimes writing songs is just cathartic and it's just for you. I, I went through something with a family member and I think I wrote like seven or eight songs about it. And one of them I ended up posting publicly, but... Um, it just helped me process it. So there's multiple reasons you would write songs. And I always say it's better to kind of get it on the page and you can always leave it, come back to it. And if it still really makes you feel vulnerable, you can edit that verse or that saying, you know, or never show it to anybody. But you have to allow yourself to go through it and then decide. But the worst thing that we can do, that that was my bad habit that I had to break was like editing myself before I even authored anything. So so stopping the idea before it was even on the page or before I even allowed to say it. Like, put it out there and then later let yourself edit it and decide yeah. if it's good or bad. I think that's across all writing avenues, isn't it? And it's like the easiest thing to change is the written word. Um, and I think I read somewhere... I can't remember what the exact quote was. I think it was it was like an inspirational quote of, uh, and at the end it said, "That's why pencils have rubbers on the end." Yeah, <laughs> yes. um, and it's true. It's like it, it's not set in stone. You can totally erase it and start again. But as you say, just get it all out, and then you can be editor once the mold in, is there, and you can then make all the nuances. Um, and I can I can resonate with that in terms of fiction writing for sure. Well, I was going to say that there's so many. In songwriting, it's an amalgamation of skill sets. So there's concept, like what are you writing about? There's actually like taking that concept and then what kind of form is this? Is it a story? Is it like conversation? Is this a pop song? Is this a folk song? You know, what kind of language are we using? Whose perspective is it from? Then there's like setting that to music and it's like, what is the groove? What is the tempo? What is the key? How does the melody go? Um, then there's producing or arranging that song. And then there's performing that song. Like what kind of voice? Is it my own voice? Is this for somebody else? Is this for advertising? Is this for, you know, just me? There's so many things. And I think as songwriters, we feel like we have to be good at all of them and all at once and that's not true you know a big part is like understanding being able to pause and assess your skills in a with kindness and honesty that's what and then write a song about the things that you're not happy with (laughs) so 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 like for me like i'm able to say to you like i know my skills and my weaknesses and so like i lean into my strengths often but i work purposely to get better at the parts that feel harder for me in songwriting. It doesn't mean I can't write songs. It just, I will align myself with people who are good at those other parts and I will practice them. Like I practice any other skill, like I practice my vocal exercises, I practice songwriting. Mm. Mm. And uh, we've touched on lyrics there. So can we go on to the melody now? And um, I'd like to know, are are you a songwriter who wakes up in the middle of the night with this, you know, symphony of sounds in your head and you know you just need to get them down on paper 
uh, I, I wonder whether that's a, a romantic <sighs> idea that's been put out there in the cosmos. Um, but it comes to people differently. And I wonder whether that was something you experienced or whether it's totally different. I'm laughing because I have a collection of MP3s of myself and my friends of songs we've woken up and needed to record on our phones or whatever. And they're so bad and they're so gibberish. And like these are hit songwriters and just like the things that happen in your sleep. So yes, I have dream songs, but later they make no sense to me and they're hysterical to listen back to. Um, I would say I'm most inspired when I'm sitting at an instrument. So when there is some sort of chord progression happening, mm -hmm. that's when melody will come to me. Or when I have a line of lyric and I can play with how that feels like it could be sung. So no, if I didn't sit down to write songs, I would not write songs. Mm. Mm. I, and the, the collaboration process, you touched on that just now. I'm really interested to kind of know how that works between the person who is the main lyricist and the person who is the main um, music writer. So would you have the lyricist do their, their bit first and then bring you the, the lyrics or are you in the room together? Is, is that a process even or does it work differently team to team? It works differently team to team. So that's 100% a process that can happen. Um, remotely, which is great in these times. Um, usually I would say that it's good to know kind of the main roles or the main strengths of the people in the room. But even if you're the lyricist, it doesn't mean you can't comment or give ideas on the structure or the melody. Um, but, you know, the main thing for me is to know who the song is for. Am I the artist? Am I the one singing it? Because then I sort of know I have the con the final say on like whether this line feels right. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the collaborative process of being, even if it's a Zoom room, like being together in the moment because I think there's a beauty that happens in that ping pong. Yeah. Um, I usually share a Google Doc with my collaborators, which might feel scary to some people to like put your half-formed ideas on the page um, or say them out loud. But often, a thing I think is bad, it either isn't bad and other people are like, no, that is the line. Or they will say, okay, not, not that line, but that gives them an idea. And so there is this back and forth that wouldn't happen if you didn't put your bad idea or your half-formed or half-baked idea on the page. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it isn't that great and I just have to say it and get it out so I can find another idea. Um, and that's part of the process too. So I think that, you know, it can happen a number of ways. Like you might have a full set of lyrics and then a friend who just writes melodies and takes that fully formed idea and just sets it to music. Or it could be like this jigsaw puzzle thing that happens together. Mm. all at the same time and they're mm. both beautiful processes and no wrong way to do it mm. and who's kind of been your inspiration or who do you think is a really good example of a great lyricist and a great uh, uh, melody creator it's a that's a 
That's a big question. <laughs> a big, big question. I mean, I love, I love Joni Mitchell. I love, um, I think her lyrics and melodies are beautiful. I love Sia, the pop singer. I think um, she has a, a fun way of putting like a, a pop twist on a on a de- a subject with depth. Um, I love a, a lesser-known artist named David Bazan, and he has been my one of my favorites for many years. Probably one of the artists I've seen the most in concert, and his chord progressions are just so interesting. And he writes about spirituality and you know hard topics with like cool rock rhythms underneath. And um, and his lyrics are always like they are sort of hymn-like in some ways. Um, just great rhymes ways he like fits the rhyme that I'm just like yes it's very satisfying so those are some top faves I love Bon Iver but I also love Coldplay you know like um I love a band called Joseph recently I've been listening to a lot of their music and they're very like singer-songwriter but with a lot of harmony in their music it's hard for me to pick just one. Yeah. I mean, I have to say the Beatles, of course. I do love the Beatles. Um, I think it's ever-changing, mm. sort of, for me. Kind of m- merges whatever place you are in your life and who's talking to you, which I guess comes back to the idea of communicating through your lyrics and your melody, depending on you know how you're reacting to the, the context of your, of your song. Yes. I wanted to say something that I just thought of regarding something we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to find you the link to this podcast or blog that was about the the genius myth. And one of the things they talked about was how artists of all kinds and the process. And they separate it into two ways. And one is like the artist who has a clear vision of what they want to make or create or say and then they start and they chisel that idea out of stone and then there's the other kind of artist who just starts chiseling and as they're chiseling they figure out what they're making and I that metaphor that idea was really um, comforting to me that I didn't always have to have this clear vision of what I was going to say or what my songs were going to be about to start writing a song Mm. that I often figure out what I'm saying by writing um, and so I would encourage people who, who want to write but don't necessarily feel like they know what they want to say to just start writing and and then see what happens mm. yeah and that's a really important point it's the same with vocal coaching I guess in terms of if you wait to know every single thing there is about voice you will never start being a vocal teacher because there's endless amounts that we could read and the stuff that's changing and new things that's coming to light so you just got to get going and seeing what you can put down on and on the paper and they always say the worst or or the hardest thing is the blank page as soon as you get that first um, note down or the first word you can get that ball rolling yes for sure I agree with that and to some people, a blank page will be the written page. Like, you know, I, I don't really do well 
staring at a blank notebook or staring at a blank document. So I do, I start creating most of the time by making sound. Um, and then I will add in like writing down lyrics, but I practice that part because it doesn't come naturally to me to like sit and write some lyrics. Yeah. But, um, but what if I feel stuck, I'll move my body and just start making sound. So I'll go for a walk, go for a drive, clean the house and start singing and see what happens. They'll be like, there's that lady again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no I love that I love that um I don't know if you've heard of this band so I can't I don't know whether they were they were big um where you are uh, in the 90s um but there's a band called Take That do you know Take That I have heard of them yeah okay (laughs) I mean my first love Gary Barlow who is the leader of that band uh he was talking about um music creation uh in a recent interview and he said that nowadays um the artist is almost required to have the skill of producing through technology and programs. Is that something that you use? And if so, what was it like to first use it? Um, and do you use a particular platform? I have, I have um, also experienced that where I feel like people who are um, younger, who are just learning to write that like the technology is already infused and I had to as an adult decide to start writing with technology so I did learn Pro Tools for about a year but then I switched to Logic Pro and I, I use technology in a number of ways I I find writing over a beat really inspiring um, so you, I mean there's free beats on YouTube there's apps on your phone that you can make beats GarageBand and Logic have Apple Loops in them. I use Splice, which is um, a platform, you, a subscription platform where you can get samples and beats and kind of make them. Um, p- the pandemic sort of ch- like pushed me to start making my own demos and at least be able to record my own voice, which which is my main goal. Um, and I still do that as part of my Patreon page. Basically, I make one shitty song a month. <laughs> they're not they're not shitty, but I just allow myself to kind of show that process as I'm making things. And I le- try to learn like one or two new little skills about logic each month as I'm as I'm doing it. So um, yeah, it just started with like, can I make a simple 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 vocal instrument track and and goes from there but even in the even in just the writing room it helps to have technology i think Mm. to know to know what tempo you're at you know so have metronome have a app to make a beat um i really love i have this little instrument this is i mean it just ticked out technology this yamaha cp um reface um you can it has so many little toys and sounds you can play with it and so you can kind of just put that right into your computer um and create and starting by making you know a track and then writing over that can be really really inspiring versus just i mean i love writing on guitar piano but um sometimes we can be limited and kind of ha- our hands always go to the same place our voice goes to the same place so mixing that up mm. will will generate a, a new 
a new response from us as writers. So I love, I love that. I love technology. And I think everyone should use it no matter how old you are and how scary it feels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, writing for yourself or other artists or um, whoever you, you're writing these songs for and considering the keys that you put them in, um, I've, I've heard, a, a, you know, I've read a few interviews or heard a few things about artists who are writing this on a really good day or there's a deadline and they put it, put the song in, in a certain key which worked really well in the recording studio um, because you could do takes. But then when it comes to singing it live, it's not in the optimal tessitura for themselves. Um, so what kind of your advice, what's your advice on writing a key that's appropriate for all kind of avenues that you're going to be singing in? Well, if I'm writing with you, for example, and you have existing music out, I will take time to listen to your music and while sitting at my keyboard and kind of find the areas that you naturally sing in or where I think the voice sounds, your voice sounds great and kind of the lows and the highs. Um, as, and I know that for myself as well, kind of like where I like my choruses to sit. Um, for example, I would rather sing a high C than a B. So like I'm going to push, ask maybe to push that song up if, if it ends up that our chorus is like hanging on a B. Mm. Mid song, I might even say like, can we ch can we change the key of this and capo it up one fret or you know modulate it um, or transpose it rather? Um, and I also think I have this I have this way of when I'm writing of sort of because I'm a vocal coach I, I sort of make a Muzak version of the melody if that makes sense. I like to be able to not only sing it back to them but see where it sits visually on the keyboard so that. Sometimes you'll be writing and you go like, this verse is great, but I can see we don't really have room to go that much higher. Mm. And and you can make those decisions like mid-song to like try it lower so that it'll, it might open up a melody that feels more natural to go up or down mm. based on where I see it. But it really helps me to just be like, you know, like, you know, like be, see where the melody is sitting mm. so that I'm not just guessing at what their range is or what my range is. Mm. And is that something that's come from your training as a vocal coach? A hundred percent. Yeah. What else have you found um, that has influenced the way you songwrite from what you now know about the voice and its structures and its limitations and its greatness and all of that? One thing is that when people are writing, they often kind of sing really quietly to themselves because they're unsure of their ideas myself included and so it's sort of making sure to take time in in the session while you're writing to say like can you try like back up sing this to someone across the room like put some emotion in it while we're writing it so that like you said you're not just like singing this in this light breathy tone and then you go to sing it out and you realize like oh this is not how I would perform it mm -hmm. um so kind of checking in on those things as you go um Yes, definitely key and kind of knowing range um, and being willing to play with that even when the song is done. Mm -hmm. um, and also just how much like the emotion can um, and the, like where you are that day can mm -hmm. change the feel of the song. Um, 
a thing that happens a lot these days, which is good and bad, I think, is like if I'm in a session and we write a song, like I track the vocals like right away. Um, and so there can be a freshness of like the emotion there, but but as a vocalist, I know like if I have time to sit with a song that I'm gonna get my coordination to feel really comfortable on that melody and I could perform it better later. Mm. Um, and But I can't, because I'm not in that room with that same producer on that same day and they're not, not gonna make time for me to come back. <laughs> so um, just sort of being warmed up and ready to sing if I know I'm the singer in the room. And a lot of people won't warm up their voices, which is before writing, which is weird to mm. me, but I would recommend you do that so that you feel like you have access to your voice right away. And it's, and it's not, you're not writing for three or four hours and then have to sing and you go right to the booth, like care for your voice while you're writing. Can you talk just a little bit about chord progression and how you go about kind of creating your progressions for your for your songs and 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 what you one of your um, tips on what works? Yeah, I like to equate songwriting a bit to cooking, and so this feels like a good time to talk about that um, because you're talking about chord progressions where it's like when you're learning to cook, you start with a recipe and you measure everything exactly and you like read it and you don't usually deviate from the page and maybe you overcook it because you have the heat too high and the next time you, you know, you adjust that and eventually by the repetition of doing it, you kind of have that in your body. So even if you don't have the recipe near you, you could make something or you feel freedom to experiment and so it's like the repetition of writing songs and the intuition you gain and the confidence you gain by doing it over and over so a great place to start is by learning other songs and taking those same chord progressions even if you don't know theory you're you're just going to see the patterns and the progressions that the songs you like use um and then repurpose them for your own songs. So change the key, but use the same progression or change the tempo or change how long you stay on each chord. Um, but start with something you like and use that as like your recipe for making something you know kind of already works, right? Because this your favorite artist has had a hit song with that chord progression and so have hundreds of other people. So <laughs> there really are only you know, so many notes and so many chords and so many progressions. And eventually you're going to see that a lot of them are the same. Mm. Um, and what makes it different is you. So it's it reverse engineering those favorite songs is a mm. really great tool. And the, the other way you can kind of adjust it to is by adding color to your chords. So if you know a little bit of theory um, or you have a little bit of experience playing other songs, you'll learn about songs like, you know, just adding sevenths, adding seconds, adding ninths, adding suspended chords, adding those things add a lot of color and a lot of flavor and might make you, you sing a different melody, you know, based mm -hmm. on that. So I would start with learning other songs. I still do that. I still analyze my favorite songs. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get old.
Great. And you co-run uh, Thinking Outside the Blocks, uh, which is a platform to help songwriters overcome their limiting beliefs and to favour this unhindered creativity. So what do you find are the main or frequent obstacles that songwriters are experiencing? Um, a lot of us songwriters, um, the main thing that holds us back is our fear of writing bad songs. Um, our taste level is really high and we expect the first thing we write to be like our favorite song and then it's not and so we're discouraged and so we don't write again for six months and then we pick up the pen again and again our taste is high and our experience is not high so we write something mediocre and that's discouraging and um, and so what I what we encourage people to do is write a, a lot um, but partly because if, if you're only writing like two or three songs a year, the pressure you put on that song to be good is so high. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you don't have your muscles like in motion. And so if you do it often, then when you write a song that you don't like, because it will happen, you, it doesn't matter that much because you know you're going to write another song ne- next week. And so you, it doesn't have the emotional weight or the emotional hold of like, I'm not good at this. It's just like, ah, eh, that was an off day or that idea didn't flesh out like I thought it was. And so you kind of like roll with it more and the more you write, the better you write. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the way to get past the fear is, um, is by doing it. <laughs> Feel the fear and do it anyway, as they say. Yes. Yeah, uh, I've learned so much in this um, in this chat. Uh, coming from somebody who has never tried it before, I'm I'm kind of wanting to go now and start deciphering Yay! and translating. So uh, yeah, I've learned uh, I've learned a lot. Thank you. Um, where can people learn more about you and um, what you do, and how can they get in touch with you? I'm on all the social medias. My name is Ali Moss, so it's usually most of my socials are just my name. I have a Patreon, which is like my little corner of the world where I share my creative process, um, thinking outside the blocks. We're on Facebook and Instagram, and we run, um, you know, we, we give a lot of free, free classes and workshops every week for the last almost two years. We've been doing a free weekly class, and those are always related to songwriting. Sometimes they're mini coaching sessions, sometimes they're about rhythm or theory or a guest artist. Um, And we also have like workshops where we kind of like bring you into that fold and you can do that scary songwriting stuff alongside us and some other of your peers. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been awesome to to chat and, and hear what you have to say. Thank you so much for having me. enjoying the singing teachers talk podcast and who are we kidding of course you are share the love by giving us a five star rating and leaving a comment just head to the singing teachers talk main page on the apple podcast app and scroll to the bottom to click write a review